Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us here this morning for our Congregation at Prayer. Uh, I come to you every morning at 9 a.m. except for Sundays, because of course we have divine service at 9.30. Um, and our order of Congregation at Prayer is a guide for daily meditation and prayer, uh, so that we can together pray um, the same scripture, um, but also pray for one another. That's what we're doing here. And uh, of course, I encourage you to use the handout that's in each week's bulletin. You can pray on your own, or if you prefer, you can pray with me here on the video. So either way, all right. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, one second here. I'm gonna... It's Saturday, so I imagine there's everybody's using their internet at home, so my connection is weak at best. All right, let's say our memory verse for this week, Genesis 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3, verse 15. Um. Just a side note, uh, yesterday I was listening to a Roman um, archbishop uh, who had written a letter to President Trump, and I was listening to a recitation of it, um, commending him for his work, but also encouraging him um, to look out for um, some of the, the major things that are happening worldwide. Um, and actually, this archbishop was speaking out against his own pope, which is very interesting, and maybe we'll talk about that. Um, but he read this text differently than we do. And I thought it was interesting. He said, um, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, right? So that between your seed and her seed, right? So offspring there being the offspring of the devil, and then of course Jesus. He, the serpent, shall bruise your head. And he reads that as saying, or I guess Rome reads that as saying, your head meaning Mary's head, and you, Mary, shall bruise his heel. And I hadn't heard this text applied to Mary in specific. Of course, it's being spoken to her. Um, but I think you know, our understanding and the right understanding is that this latter, the second half of the phrase is referring to the seed, to her seed, right? Which came right previous to that. He and you, that is your seed, shall bruise his heel. And of course, um, Mary's offspring, that is Eve's offspring too, uh, is joined to her and comes from her. So, you know, uh, in, in a sense, all who are joined to Jesus in the church, including uh, the Virgin Mary and, and Eve herself, uh, by faith, are of course, um, share in that victory over Satan. But a very interesting way to read it. I suppose it's, it's probably the more obvious reading, actually, uh, is that Eve and then Mary um, being the daughter of Eve is who's being referred to there. So. All right, let's uh, confess our psalm for this week, Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. 
Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, the heights of them. Mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading, uh, which will be our first reading tomorrow as well, is from Revelation chapter 7. After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. One hundred and forty-four thousand of the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of um, Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the land, Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Excuse me. Blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, are saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and from where do they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, 
and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and lead them to living water, living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There ends the reading. Now our epistle reading for tomorrow. First John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. There ends the reading. All right. Many apologies today. Um, looks like pretty much there's nobody here. There's no students here. Uh, there's no faculty here. And yet our internet connection uh, is terrible again. So I don't know. It was quite, it was looking okay a couple of weeks ago, but now it's, it's tanked again. Now yeah, Saturday morning. So it be, so it is. Um, but God willing, you can hear me just fine. So what I'd like to share with you today, um, I think important confession, this is from our Augsburg Confession, um, which is the, if you like, theological constitution of the church. Um, Here's Article 8 on what the church is. Strictly speaking, the church is the congregation of saints and true believers. However, because many hypocrites and evil persons are mingled within them in this life, it is lawful to use Sacraments administered by evil men, according to the saying of Christ, quote, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Both the sacraments and the word are effective because of Christ's institution and command, even if they are administered by evil men. Our churches therefore condemn the Donatists and others like them, who deny that it is lawful to use the ministry of evil men in the church, and who think that the ministry of evil men is not useful and is effective, ineffective. All right, so that was a great controversy in the church that said uh, only if the pastor believed would the sacrament actually be valid or the word that he spoke valid, right? Um, but the word is valid and efficacious regardless of the pastor and actually regardless of the hearer. It does what it says. Um, here's the apology to that article. They, the Roman church, have condemned our confession in which we said that the church is the congregation of saints. So. Why are we studying this? Of course, All Saints Day. The adversaries have added a long essay stating that the wicked are not to be separated from the church since John the Baptist has compared the church to a threshing floor on which uh, wheat and chaff are heaped together. And Christ has compared it to a net in which there are both good and bad fish. This is a true saying. Quote, there is no remedy against the attacks of the slanderer. End quote. Nothing can be spoken with such care that it can escape ridicule. For this reason, we have added Article 8, this article. Let no one think that we separate the wicked and the hypocrites from the outward fellowship of the church, or that we deny power uh, to sacraments administered by hypocrites or wicked men, as we just read. There is no need here of a long defense against this slander. Article 8 is enough to acquit us, for we grant that in this life hypocrites and wicked people have been mingled with, with the church, and that they are members of the church according to the outward fellowship of the signs of the church, that is, of word, profession, 
or confession, and sacraments, especially if they have not been excommunicated. Neither are the sacraments powerless because they are administered by wicked men. Yes, we can even be right in using sacraments administered by wicked men, for, for Paul also predicts, quote, the Antichrist takes his seat in the temple of God, end quote. In other words, he will rule and bear office in the church, but the church is not only the fellowship of outward objects and rights as other governments, but at its core, it is a fellowship of faith and of the Holy Spirit in hearts. I think that's really important, right? Because people, people say, oh, well, I don't, I reject the church. I, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, right? We can't. <laughs> Here's what it is. The church is not only the fellowship of outward objects and rights, the things we do together publicly, as other governments, but at its core, it is a fellowship of faith and of the Holy Spirit in hearts. Yet, this fellowship has outward marks so that it can be recognized. These marks are the pure doctrine of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments in accordance with the gospel of Christ. This church alone is called Christ's body, which Christ renews, sanctifies, and governs by his spirit. I think third article of the Creed. Paul testifies about this when he says, quote, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, end quote. That's from Ephesians 1. Those in whom Christ does not act are not the members of Christ. The adversaries admit this too. The wicked are, quote, dead members of the church. We wonder why the adversaries have found fault with our description that speaks of living members. Neither have we said anything new. Paul has defined the church precisely in the same way, that it should be cleansed in order to be holy. Okay, that's the definition of a saint. That's why we're reading this. That it should be cleansed in order to be holy. He adds the outward marks, that is the word in sacraments, for he says, quote, this is all from Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That is, saints. In the confession, we have presented this sentence almost word for word. The church is defined by the third article of the creed, which teaches us to believe that there is a holy Catholic church. The wicked indeed are not a holy church. The words that follow, namely, quote, the communion of saints, seems to be added in order to explain what the church signifies, that is, the congregation of saints, who have with each other the fellowship of the same gospel or doctrine and the same Holy Spirit, who renews, sanctifies, and governs their hearts. All right? So that's what it means to be a saint. This is why we're reading this. It means to be part of the congregation uh, where we have fellowship in the same gospel and doctrine um, and have the same Holy Spirit who renews, sanctifies, and governs our hearts. That is, makes us holy. This article has been presented for a necessary reason. We see the infinite dangers that threaten the destruction of the church. And the church itself, the number of the wicked who oppress it, is too high to count. Therefore, this article in the Creed shows us these consolations in order that we might not despair, but may know that the church will remain until the end of the world. No matter how great the multitude of the wicked is, we may know that the church still exists and Christ provides those gifts he has promised to the church to forgive sins, to hear prayer, to give the Holy Spirit. The Creed says, Church Catholic, in order that we might may not understand the church to be an outward government of certain nations. Rather, the church is people scattered throughout the whole world. They agree about the gospel and have the same Christ, the same Holy Spirit, 
and the same sacraments, whether they have the same or different human traditions. The explanation appearing in the decrees says the church is in its wide sense, or in its wide sense embraces good and evil. Likewise, it says that the wicked are in the church only in name, not in fact. The good are in the church both in fact and in name. To this effect, there are many passages in the Fathers. All right. So what does it mean to be a saint? That is to have the, the uh, where was it? Uh, to be in the fellowship of faith and have the Holy Spirit in the hearts. To be made holy, to be made saints without blemish by the forgiveness of sins. Let's confess the second article, explanation. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. All right, let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the second article of the Creed, you teach us that your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is the greatest gift of your love for us. He is truly God, begotten of you from eternity, and he is truly man, born of the Virgin Mary. He has become our Lord and Savior by redeeming us from all sins, death, and from the power of the devil with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. We, are no, we no longer belong to the devil. Sin and death have no power over us. Jesus did all this that we might be his own and that we might live under him in his kingdom in the protection and safety of his everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness for all eternity. For all this that Jesus has done for us, we give you thanks and praise. Forgive us for trusting in any work of our own for salvation. Forgive us for doubting your love and precious gift of forgiveness we have in Jesus. Grant us, through the grace of your only begotten Son, to believe with absolute confidence that our sins are forgiven and that we stand righteous before you for Jesus' sake because he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray. For faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Pray for all first responders, doctors, nurses, and those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from all authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule, and those who would restrict or censor our faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and protest. We ask that you grant wisdom to those preparing to vote, that they would act according to God's word and thereby his will. Pray for all military and law enforcement personnel. Pray for those rejoicing in their birthday today, Gerald. Pray for those who are ill or recovering, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Ron, Marlene, Brad, Janet, and Timothy, Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, and Steve. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. And we pray for the work of the South Wisconsin um, District Disaster Relief Team, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach, and the Federalist family.
For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the collect for today. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, myself, my body and soul, and all things, let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week one more time before change it up on Monday. God said to his beloved Son, It's time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, 
and bring to all salvation. From sin and sorrow, set them free. Slay bitter death for them that they may live with you forever. All right, that concludes our congregation of prayer for today, Saturday, October 20, 31st, 2020. Uh, apologies for, uh, again, a terrible internet connection day. This seems to be getting worse to worse day to day, so I don't know um, what can be done about that. And uh, um, so obviously you can uh, try to watch. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast version, that's the audio version, and then you can listen um, at your leisure anytime throughout the day. I usually post that about hmm, about 10 o'clock or so. All right. So Lord be with you all, and I hope I can see you tomorrow in person. Otherwise, uh, you can join us by the stream. God willing, it'll work. All right. Lord be with you. Have a blessed day.